climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators can utilize the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's show, we're going to explore how effective youth adult partnerships can really enhance not only student service learning experience, but inspire a greater connection to teaching for our educators. You know, youth adult partnerships are really centered around the idea that young people have the right to participate in the development of educational practices that serve them, including both classroom and out-of-school time instruction as well as the policies that will have an impact on them. Those of us who advocate for youth adult partnerships, we argue that it makes programs more sustainable and effective and classroom instruction much more engaging when students have a seat at the table during the design, development, and implementation. Youth adult partnerships within service learning is key to a successful experience, especially given that uh, youth voice is one of the K-12 service learning standards for quality practice. You know, service learning supports youth as caring and capable contributors to community. It views them as valuable resources with individual assets. In service learning, everyone has something to contribute. Today, I'm joined by two of my favorite people. Julie Rogers Bascom is a service learning expert with more than 17 years of experience in the field. She's the Director of Learning and Leadership at the National Youth Leadership Council, as well as an active member of the Twin Cities community. She serves on several boards and leads workshops on respectful conversations in our schools. Joining Julie is Isabella Sullivan. Bella, as we fondly call her, um, is a student at Colby College in Maine. She's studying English, philosophy, and Italian. I hope to learn a little bit more about those three categories of subjects. Um, She's also a a Youth Advisory Council mentor for the National Youth Leadership Council, providing coaching and guidance to our young changemakers who are tackling issues of education equity in our schools. Together, these two have trained on the topic of youth adult partnership for participants around the globe. Ladies, welcome to the show. We have so much ground to cover today, so I just really want to jump right in. And Bella, love to have you share a little bit more about you and your background. Yeah, so thank you so much for this sweet introduction, Amy. Um, Like she said, I'm Bella. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a freshman at Colby College in Waterville, Maine. Um, For the past two years, I've been on the YAC um, for the National Youth Leadership Council, and now I'm a mentor. So I'm super excited about that. Um, Also, I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, sort of like right outside of Nashville. Um, In my free time, I really like to hang out with my friends, uh, you know, college, making friends, all of that. Um, I really like trying out new recipes because my dorm has a very small kitchen. So I've been trying out some some good food recently. And I also really like to shop. I'm not going to lie. 
Um, but recently, I've been trying to be a little bit more mindful with what I buy um, because I really want to work on reducing waste and things like that. Um, as far as my service learning background, uh, my mother is a teacher at the high school that I went to, and she's always been a really big um, service project person. She's always been doing service projects, leading the service clubs and things like that. So I've been doing this service with her my whole life. So I'm, I'm curious, since your mother's a teacher, and a shout out to Karen, who's an amazing service learning teacher, um, what was your earliest service learning experience? Kind of what sparked your passion um, to, be, to be a change maker? Yeah, so um, I've done a lot of service projects, but I'd say my first service learning experience was probably my freshman year. Um, my mom helped me get a group of my friends together to do this um, program with the Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt um, and the Ford Foundation called Be in the Zone, Turn Off Your Phone. And so we had a safe driving rally uh, and kind of to begin and to like investigate and do all of that. Side note, um, the service learning process is really um, explained very well on the NYLC website if you want to check that out. Um, but we did a lot of investigation by doing parking lot audits and seeing how many people leaving our school were distracted as they were going home for the day. And we kind of used that information to help build a way to decrease the number of people using their phones while leaving our school. Um, so we invited some guest speakers. We did a rally. We had a whole lot of super cool stuff. Um, and we really saw the statistics change. We saw I think a 12% decrease in the number of students using their phones while they were leaving our campus, which honestly is really huge for a high school. Um, and we had so much success with that and we really wanted to try it again. So my, I think sophomore year, it may have been my junior year, we had another safe driving rally where we kind of did things bigger and better. And we really just like went all out. And there were people from my school system that came to um, like film what we had going on. It was really cool. We got some really good publicity. Um, so that was really fun. But I think overall, what's kind of sparked my passion uh, for change and for service has definitely been my parents. Uh, they always kind of taught me to like speak for what I believe in and to never hesitate whenever I really am passionate about something. And so I think their encouragement has definitely helped me kind of become as strong-willed as I am, if that makes sense. Uh, but also uh, kind of tying back into my service learning experience my freshman year, seeing actual results from the things that you're doing are really, really, like that's a really, really important thing. And so I think that seeing those actual results and seeing that something I can do has a real world change has also helped spark my passion. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And it's perfect to think about um, how your connection with your parents is such a, a great example of youth adult partnership right from the very beginning. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Julie, welcome to the show. Um, you have a great wealth of knowledge around service learning. We would love, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience and kind of what's kept you engaged um, as a service learning educator? Well, I want to piggyback on what um, uh, Bella was saying. And thank you, Amy, for uh, inviting both of us, because I think Bella and I uh, make quite a team when we do our work in uh, facilitating uh, uh, 
uh, webinars and workshops. I want to go back to my roots of service, and that really fuels the work that I do. I grew up on a farm, and uh, it was a Christmas morning um, that my dad went out to go check on the horses, and he came back and said that there was a horse that had fallen through the pond. My dad got on the phone, called three different local farmers and said, I need help. Now, this was a, um, you know, this is a holiday. Uh, as as um, a, a Christian, we were celebrating uh, Christmas. And he called three other people. And within 30 minutes, there were um, a dozen farmers with ropes and with, with tarps and with pulleys and with shovels to get the horse out. What that told me and, and stayed with me. And still to this day, I get goosebumps about thinking about that episode, that it was about community. There was a community problem. And it wasn't just up to my dad or our family to solve it. He reached out and said, I need help. And the community gathered around us. And that really, when I think about the roots of why I do the work I do, that's really at the core. So Flash forward a little bit to when I had children. I have three young. I have three children. They're young adults, um, but when they were in elementary school, they all went to this school where every year every student was engaged in a service learning experience. I saw that um, young people, the the littles, the the elementary school kids, were having conversations about community problems. They were talking. It was an urban school. We were talking about issues around people experiencing homelessness. And and they had um, uh, direct contact with problems in their community. And I saw the outcomes of young people developing empathy and problem-solving skills. So when we moved to Minnesota, which is where we live now, I I, um, wasn't in the classroom at that time, um, but I uh, went to my son's teacher and said, can I lead a service learning effort? And they said, we'd love that. And we learned um, um, how we to connect it better to curriculum. And we also, uh, I actually eventually was hired by the district and we started working on how to use service learning as a value added rather than an add-on. I think oftentimes teachers look at, oh my gosh, I have to do one more thing. I can't do that. So we've really worked hard to integrate it into what teachers are already doing. So it was, and, and we also really wanted to start with what is it that we want young people to know or be able to do? Well, those were so the roots of my service learning really became embedded into uh, classroom connections and um, meeting academic standards. I re- it really grew to see how this can also align to out of school service learning in the out of school programs because there's a, a great opportunity for young people to learn leadership skills and civic engagement and um, social emotional learning. So there's lots of great things that come from young people in partnership with adults uh, in solving community problems. That's uh, Thank you for sharing all that, Julie. And I, I think it's really amazing that you both have a story um, about, 
that has stuck with you for so many years that's grounded um, in the impact that you had on the community, whether it was for Bella, the school community, and seeing that change um, in driving behavior, and for you, Julie, like seeing the community come together to save the horse. Um, I assume he was saved, right? Yes. He was. He was, <laughs> and he went on to, this particular horse went on to, uh, uh, it was a, a, a foal, it was a, a female, um, so he did go on, she did go on to um, uh, birth a couple more, and we learned that we needed to do a, a figure out a way to keep them out of the pond. Uh, yes. <laughs> so there's some problem solving early on in your life too. <laughs> there, there was. So it really, it, it, to me, and and Bella, maybe you can speak of this as well. But it, to me, it was about that was when community became the uh, focus of I am not uh, by myself. I belong to a greater. Uh, a, a greater entity and what impacts me impacts other people. So it was that opportunity to connect with others to, um, you know, for the greater good. Uh, there's a, uh, a senator who used to say, we all do better when we all do better. And I thought, think that that experience really demonstrated that we all do better when we all do better. I think that that is a perfect place for us to just take um, a brief pause. Um, we're going to take a break. And when we can return, we're going to continue with our conversation with today's guests. Um, we have Julie Rogers Bascom and Bella Sullivan. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You. 
You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm here with service learning expert Julie Rogers Bascom and youth change maker Bella Sullivan. We're talking about the power of youth adult partnerships. Um, and the two of you, you've trained together now for at least two years um, all over the globe on many different topics, including youth voice and youth adult partnership. And Bella, I'm wondering, um, can you define youth adult partnership for our listeners um, from a student perspective? Of course. Um, so youth adult partnerships are pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's youth and adults working together, sort of like in tandem, kind of feeding off of each other's ideas. And from a student perspective, it just looks like success. Um, because for the first time, you're actually being heard and actually being listened to by somebody who's older than you. And honestly, that experience makes you feel really mature, um, makes you feel like, well, I guess I am a big person. Um, but it also teaches you how to speak to adults when there isn't such um, a harsh power dynamic. I mean, it kind of puts you on the same playing field as an adult, and it makes you feel like, you know what, maybe I do have power. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Julie, is there anything you would add to Bella's definition, like coming at it from an educator's perspective? Well, as as usual, Bella uh, makes things so succinct and, and shares from the perspective of, of a student, but also of a well-oiled um, thought, critical thinker. I, I think what she describes, and as a teacher, I, I also have this perspective of it's youth adult partnerships as a true partnership where each, uh, each one, both the adults and the youth, um, have the opportunity to make suggestions and decisions and, and that the contribution of each is recognized and valued. Um, a, a youth adult partnership is one where adults work in full partnership with young people on issues that the youth or, uh, or programs and policies that affect youth. So it's really about listening, um, hearing, and interacting. And I think that's also, I think the, some of the buzzwords now in, in EduSpeak are youth voice. We want to hear youth voice. There's some dangers there, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. But there are some, I think sometimes people um, uh, uh maybe don't understand that youth voice is a positive thing. And as a, an adult, that's one of our roles is really to support that. Yeah. Um, so you actually, um, you said, we'll talk about that. So I'd love to hear some of those challenges that you've heard from the adults, um, those adult educators or just adults in general about incorporating youth voice into classrooms or in after school programs um, mm -hmm. where we see service learning happening. Um, but what are those challenges that adults bring up or that they feel they're facing when it comes to youth voice and youth adult partnership? I think the first the first um, challenge to me is that that some adults fear what youth voice is. I think youth voice doesn't mean that you throw in the towel and say, "Okay, the youth are going to take over." It really means that you honor where the young person is and look to partner to reach their 
or your or our goal. Um, I think also with sharing the power with you to make decisions means adults respect and have confidence in the young person's judgment. So there's a certain amount of trust that needs to be built. And I, I think we have a model of kind of that stand and deliver, uh, uh, the adults are in charge. So it's it's really about changing the model of being going from the sage on the stage to a guide on the side. And it takes, in my experience, it really takes some training and awareness for adults to understand this. Um, that I think that there's change that needs to be made in a true adult partnership. Um, I don't say, okay, this is what you have to do. I might say, well, what do you think it is that you have to do? One of the students, one of the student groups that I talk with say, said to me the other day, you know, Julie, I've never been in a group like this because you're not telling me what to do. You just keep asking me questions. So it's really changing how we interact, um, how we hold up youth voice and opinions. And it's also about letting go a little bit. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Julie, um, and uh, throw this at you. But I'm wondering, um, because you do have a lot of experience working um, with um, directly with students in school settings, um, can you share, like, um, beyond you said asking questions, like, what does, what, how would a, an educator go about integrating youth voice? Like, what does that look like? Or what does that actually mean? How to, um, how to start maybe? Or? How to start. Like, yeah. how, how do you get going in this? Like, if, if I'm, if I'm a tradition, like very traditional in my teaching style at the front of the classroom, where would I even start to bring this in, bring youth voice, youth adult partnership into my classroom? I guess I would ask the adults, um, what is it that you hope to gain from including youth voice in your classroom or in your out of school programming? Um, Because that will guide you. If you want young people to come up with their own ideas, then by telling them what to do, as opposed to helping guide them to their own answer, is going to reinforce your hope for outcome. So really starting with what is it that you hope to accomplish. Go slow. Um, this It's hard to change this approach to the stand and deliver and young people receiving. You know, we hear it all the time. What is it that I need to do to get an A? Well, let's change that trajectory to a teacher saying, my hope for outcome is that you learn how to solve a community problem in the case of, of service learning. And asking questions to guide them to deeper knowledge. That also helps expand their thinking. When you think about levels or depth of knowledge, it really expands their capacity to learn, to analyze, and to transfer that information into other parts of other parts of their learning or their world. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bella, um, when when you're training or when you're um, well, specifically when you're out training and you and Julia are co-training, um, and you hear educators um, share their challenges for bringing youth adult partnerships into the classroom, what's your response to them? How do you um, 
how do you help navigate those conversations with with um, teachers and after school professionals? Um, so my go to response is always to have some faith in us and to always like wholeheartedly support uh, the youth and their vision. And I kind of explain it by saying that everybody wants to feel like their thoughts are being valued and that what they're trying to say is actually coming across and that people are thinking that that's important. Um, So this is really dependent on like a relationship of vulnerability and creating safe spaces between um, youth and adults. So in a classroom setting, that would look like students understanding that they can speak their minds without fearing a negative reaction. Um, but also a way for them to speak about things anonymously if they're not comfortable speaking about it in front of other students. Um, For example, there was a teacher just a few weeks ago that asked me um, how she could uh, talk about, I think, food insecurity or homelessness with her students. And she knows that some students are experiencing this, but she doesn't know how to talk about it. And one of my close friends, Carmen, who's also on the Yak, brought up that she should create an anonymous form to let students feel comfortable enough to speak about what they want to speak about, but to not feel like they're going to be set aside from their other um, peers. And I think that that's really important to kind of create that space of vulnerability and to create that like safety net for students Um, and to just have faith in them, like take the leap because students are a lot smarter than you think. Um, So, yeah. That's that's an amazing answer. And it also, um, it makes me think about the fact that um, as, as adults, right, like it it is taking a leap of faith that our young people are going to engage positively in this experience and that, um, that you'll be, they'll be able to meet the outcomes that they need to meet for as a teacher, right. Or as an educator. So it's like, the students have to trust the adult and the adult has to trust the student. So building that foundation is so important. Um, As co-trainers, you guys model youth adult partnership. And um, we have about just over two minutes or around two minutes. I'm wondering if you can share, what does it look like when you guys get ready for a training? So whoever wants to start. (laughs) I'll jump in and and I'll hand it off to Bella. So hopefully, and as I I mentioned before, we would start with what is it that we want to accomplish? And as the the adult or as the employee, I may have some things that need to be included. I share this and then I listen. We'll then collectively talk about what needs to be done and who wants to do this. For instance, when we start a service learning training, I may share my goals of Um, In this workshop, we need to define service learning and how it uh, uh, connects to youth outcomes and maybe how standards. And then Bella gives her goals and we'll make a draft agenda and we'll we'll create a slideshow and work from there. So it's really a collaborative process. And because Bella lives in Maine or in uh, Tennessee and I live in Minnesota, having um, Google Drive or other kinds of shared documents really really makes that an easy task. What do you think, Bella? Um, I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, But also, we start all of our meetings with a genuine how are you. 
um, kind of just creating that safe space and creating a space where we know we can tell each other about the truth of our day and we can really um, like get to know each other from a thousand miles apart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that whole trust thing, we really work hard on that. I think you're right, Bella. I think you're right. Wonderful. And again, (laughs) foundation setting, right? Building that strong foundation. So we're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Bella and Julie. And um, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into youth adult partnerships and how it connects to service learning. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm here today with uh, Julie and Bella, and we're talking about the power of youth adult partnerships. And we're going to start digging into the service learning experience and how these things are connected. And again, I just want to thank you both for being here. Um, your your expertise and insight is so um, inspirational. So thank you. So before break, we were talking about the fact that you guys 
travel and train or train together all over the globe, not so much travel um, <laughs> right now, but have trained together all over the globe um, with participants around youth adult partnerships, among other topics, service learning topics. And I'm wondering, you know, we, we've talked about building that foundation um, of of trust and creating safe space. And I'm wondering if there's any challenges that you guys have run into along the way um, and how you overcame those. Um, so Julie, maybe we'll start with you and just see, um, you know, if there were any bumps along your journey for youth adult partnership. Well, I think on a personal level, I think I had to do some unlearning. Uh, I had to, um, uh, look past, well, I am the, the person who knows all and I will impart my knowledge onto this young person. Number one, because that wasn't always true. I learn a lot from the young people that I get to work with, um, but it also doesn't build the kind of skills, capacities, and knowledge that I hope young people um, experience when they engage with me. In terms of, in terms of the work that I do with because uh, Bella and I have done a lot of workshops on youth adult partnerships. And one of the things that um, has really struck me is that there is a, an eagerness to engage young people in meaningful work, but we sometimes fall back into what, what um, Roger Hart would call tokenism. We use a, a framework called Heart's Ladder of Effective Youth Adult Partnerships as a way to frame where we hope adults and young people can, um, can, can land. And one of the stages that he talks about is oftentimes youth adult partnerships can be, uh, uh, young people can be used as a token. They're having, having young people around with really no clear role to play or assigning young people those tasks that the adults don't want to do or having young people show up uh, uh, doing media appearances or, or something like that without any voice in developing the message or the programs or the policies. I, I think it's, it's often um, you know, there have been, I've seen lots of experiences where there are, there's a young person on a board of directors or a council or advisory committee as a way to point to, well, there's our youth involvement. And I think we have to take a step back and ask, um, how do we support that young person? We can't have meetings at 12 o'clock on, on a day at a lunch meeting or one o'clock because young people can't attend that. So if you're going to be, if you really want that youth um, uh, engagement and youth voice, we have to understand where they're at and and make accommodations. So I, I think one of the challenges along the way is really helping other people see what is their goal in having um, young people engaged in in some of their um, in some of the work, the policy work or the the advisory work. Beautiful, Bella. Same question. Um, so to take a little bit more of a obvious standpoint, we've had technical challenges um, with Zoom and with Google Docs and things like that, uh, but that's kind of a given in the time of COVID. Um, but on a more personal level, I definitely have had a few obstacles in regards to time management. Um, 
I am very all over the place. I always have a million things going on. Um, especially towards the beginning of my term with NYLC, I really just let things pile up and then I felt super overwhelmed by really small tasks. But Julie's tendency to sort of plan ahead and to do a ton of check-ins before the actual like big day has really helped me learn to sort of like break up tasks into smaller, more manageable pieces. Um, I also have had a well, Julie and I kind of had this problem at the beginning, um, but communication, uh, the methods in which we want to communicate with each other are so different because of our generational difference. You know, Julie is an email girl. I am a texting girl. Um, so we kind of try to do a little bit of both. You know, we'll send some emails back and forth. But if I have a quick, a uh, quick question or I just want to check in on Julie, I'll just send her a quick text. Um because we kind of have to play into what each other prefers uh, while also getting the job done. It's, I, I'm sorry, I chuckled. It's, it is one of those generational differences, right? Communication is such, it, it is something that we all have to adjust to, right? So as um, leaders um, running organizations with our employees, we often talk about the fact that we have to adjust our communication styles for for whichever employee we're engaging with, but it's no different um, for educators and young people working together. Everyone has to adjust um, and give a little. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm really curious, um, and you guys have touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to dig a little deeper, like what you've learned about yourself um, through these experiences of really co-training and, and modeling youth adult partnership. Um, Bella, why don't we start with you? Um, could you share a little bit more about, about what you've learned about yourself? Of course. Um, so after encountering so many obstacles um, with Zoom and with having, you know, in high school, this was a problem, having tennis matches on the same day as a webinar and things like that, it can be really hard to stay positive and to sort of um, like keep going with what you're doing. but. I feel like these experiences have definitely opened my eyes to how resilient I am. I feel like I am able to do a lot more than I generally think I can. And I think that that's a really important thing that I've learned about myself over the past few years. Um, but I've also learned that it's okay to say no. I definitely feel a lot of guilt uh, by saying no to things, especially if they're things that I really want to do. But sometimes my plate is just too full. And I can't take on an extra webinar or I can't take on an extra grant writing or things like that. And so sometimes you do really have to say no. And I think as a young person, you're not really taught that. That's kind of something that you have to experience as you get older, as you go into the workforce, things like that. So I'm really grateful that I've been able to learn that skill before the age of 18. Um, and I'm trying to exercise that skill a bit more. Um, because, you know, college is hard. There's a lot of things going on all at once. So I'm learning when to choose my battles, I think. <laughs> Maybe you could teach me that skill. I would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julie, how about you? Um, what, what have you learned about yourself? You know, Bella said something um, uh, that just really resonated with me. She said young person. And I think that was one of the things I changed my words, how I used words. Rather than saying kids or children or students, 
I now really try to say young person. There are times where these other words work well as well, but it, it did change it's, it, um, just internally how I view the young people that I get to work with. It's like the difference between saying a homeless person or a person experiencing homelessness. It's put, it puts the humanity and the importance in that, that, the person rather than the condition. And then, and admittedly, you know, I, I used to be that sage on the stage because that is how school and extracurriculars, that's how they were for me. I, I, needed to do some unlearning to see the power in, in the, the partnership. And I've, I've, I hope I've moved from being in power to being a partner and as a, a facil- facilitator. As, and I really do consider Bella and the other young people that help me and support me with the webinars and the trainings that we do to be co-facilitators. I've had to learn that it's not always my way is the highway, that my way is not always the best. So instead of plowing ahead, and that takes extra time, sometimes you have to allow for that. But my role is not just to deliver content, it's to have multiple perspectives, especially in this, in the day and age, the day and age that we live in, we need to have multiple perspectives, especially, and, and that is one of the standards of quality service learning. So anything that we're doing, we need to make sure that we are culturally relevant, culturally responsive. Um, so having that youth perspective is really important. And I think the last, the last comment I'll make on this is that um, one of the things that we talk about in service learning and in service is that everybody has something to give and everyone has something to receive. So I needed to relearn that for me, that I wasn't the one in charge, that I, I, I can give what I have to give, but it's also okay for me to receive expertise and support and deep learning from other perspectives and from young people that we work with. Wonderful. Well, Julie, you just you started to touch on this a little bit, and Bella, I'm wondering, and um, if you can share just kind of quickly how um, youth voice and youth adult partnership um, connect to service learning. Like, why is why is youth voice a standard for service learning? I feel like youth voice is a standard because it really empowers young people to actually do something about the things that they're passionate about. And whenever you have that sense of passion, your work is just automatically a million times better. You're paying attention to those smaller details and things like that. But also it gives different perspectives because a 40-year-old mind and a 16-year-old mind are in no way the same. And, you know, the ideas that a young person will have is not going to be the ideas, like that's not going to be the ideas that um, an adult is going to have. And also, adults are much better with things like finances and stuff like that. Personally, I have a tendency to forget that money exists whenever I get really involved in a project. And so by having that sort of sense of rationality, it really helps keep the process moving. 
Beautiful. So we do need to take one last short break. Um, when we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Julie and Bella. So stay with us um, on the power of young people to change the world. Remember, you can always follow the show on social media at nylc.org or find us at nylc.org. But we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, We're wrapping up our conversation with uh, Director of Learning and Leadership at the National Youth Leadership Council, Julie Rogers-Bascom, and our amazing Youth Advisory Council member and freshman at Colby College, um, our student, Bella Sullivan. Um, Julie, I really love um, to circle back with you. So there are so many different ways that both youth and educators can get involved in service learning and expand their knowledge. What are some of the opportunities that you want our listeners to know about? Thanks, Amy. Well, one of the things that I'm really excited about is on um, April 14th and 15th, we have our National Service Learning Conference, uh, where we will have two days of virtual webinars, but we also have pre-recorded webinars, I think 50 or 60 pre-recorded webinars that are able to be viewed up until October 15th. Now, what's really fun about this conference is that a lot of the, the young, the, a lot of the people who register are young people. So it is a way for young people 
to become uh, introduced to be introduced to service learning and some of the the hope for outcomes and some of the processes that we use in service learning. There's another way to, um, we have a service learning network. People can subscribe or become a member where there are other recorded webinars and there are some great handbooks for use for in and out of school programming. So if you run a program um, outside of the school day, there are some resources that are specifically for programming around that space. We have them on some topics, but we also have them specifically for different grade levels. We have an elementary engaged book. We have a middle school engaged book handbook, and we have a uh, high school engaged uh, book. And th these are uh, a curriculum, if you will. We call them handbooks because there's so much opportunity for you to add and let it expand or contract depending on what you want to do with your with your young people. And I'm really excited to share also that um, at the conference we will be releasing, we will be launching our new and improved getting started in service learning um, book. It will be a virtual book. It will be released mid-April and available for free to subscribers and members of the Service Learning Network. So those kind of look to nylc.org for some of those resources and training opportunities, both from a teacher perspective, from a youth worker perspective, or from a young person perspective. Wonderful. Thank you, Julie. Um, Bella, um, you shared such amazing um, information today with our listeners. And um, I'm wondering if you want them to remember just one thing or one takeaway from the show, what do you want to kind of hit home? Um, so for everyone, no matter your age, your thoughts are valid and you should always feel confident in the importance of your ideas. Um, specifically for adults, listen to young people. We have so many ideas that we just don't feel comfortable enough to share. And it's, um, it's much better if an adult comes to us and is like, hey, what are your ideas? I'm here to listen. That's always just really so much fun. And to young people, there is always someone out there who's willing to hear you. Um, there, there's always going to be someone that wants to know what it is that you want to do and what it is that you're thinking. And so you should have that confidence and have that empowerment to find that person and to really um, get your dreams done. Like, uh, I don't know how to say it, but uh, kind of like reach your goals and to help wrap up anything that you really want to do. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. So, Julie, how about you? What do you want educators and young people to remember um, about youth adult partnership and service learning? Boy, I think uh, uh, Bella just named the book that we all should write together collaboratively, Get Your Dreams Done. I think strong and effective youth adult partnerships become a reality when there is a belief that young people have something to bring to the table. Um, it's our job as adults to support their voice. I also think those of us who weave this into our practice might say that programs in schools are more sustainable and effective when youth are partners in their design and implementation and also evaluation results, which let's face it, we're about evaluation and data. Um, the, those results are more honest, 
and realistic when young people help in, in gathering and, and providing the data where the evaluation is, is based. And I think I was doing some research in preparation uh, for this. And I think importantly, there is research which suggests that partnering with youth and respecting their ability to, to contribute may actually provide some important protective factors for young people. And what that means, protective factors, is that that allows young people to grow into their potential. So this is a strategy to help uh, close the achievement gap, to, cl- um, to offer opportunities, to um, engage. I think there's a lot of conversation about engaging young people right now because of the pandemic and being um, just on, on uh, virtual, uh, in virtual classrooms. So this kind of work can really help engage young people. I think most of those who have actually had their voice listened to and been in in an authentic youth adult partnership, I think they'll say that they feel more engaged. And that is a step closer to uh, where we hope, our goal is to support young people to become problem solvers, build leadership uh, skills for young people to help them solve the problems that we see in our world that they care about. I'm really excited to have been able to talk with you about this, Amy. And I'm also really honored to be um, uh, Bella's co-facilitator and really look forward to y'all checking out some of our recordings on nylc.org. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me here today, Bella, Julie. I mean, honestly, your commitment and passion to this work is so inspiring to me personally, and I, and I know to everyone listening. Um, again, you can learn more about NYLC and the National Service Learning Conference by visiting our website at nylc.org, or you can email info, info at nylc.org, and we'll make sure to get you to the right staff person to get your questions answered. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us here today. If you missed the start of today's show or would like to access the prior shows, we've got some great ones now um, in our podcast. Visit our homepage on Voice America Empowerment Radio or download, again, all the um, the podcasts from any of your favorite podcast providers, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, all those fun places. Um, Next week, we've got a great show lined up for you. I'm going to be joined by Harry Hurst Middle School teacher, Barry the Alligator Gilliatt, and his eighth grade students, Layla Gurley and Holly Avocado. The trio is part of the Branch Wetland Watchers. It's a service learning project which was started many years ago as a way to utilize those beautiful Louisiana wetlands as an outdoor classroom where students um, could be fully immersed in the science while learning about the value of the wetland and the challenges that they face. We're gonna hear some inspiring stories of how they are tackling everything from hurricane destruction to cultural preservation. And of course, I like to always invite, if you're interested in being a guest on our show, contact me via email at info.nylc.org. Make sure to mark your calendars Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern. And until next week, don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. 
Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 